2: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another CNBC Tech Check Plus live stream. My name is Brandon Gomez, and today we're here to discuss how companies can address the wage gap in tech and beyond. And who better to join me for that discussion than fair wage champion U.S. Women's National Soccer Team star Megan Rapino, recently joined Trusaic as Chief Equality Officer. And also joining her is Trusaic CEO Robert Sheen. Thank you both for joining me today. Thank you. So, I want to kick things off uh, with you, Robert, because uh, for the folks um, who tune into TechCheck, but maybe aren't familiar with the work that that Trusaic is doing, um, can you just lay out a little bit of a roadmap, right? You're a software company specializing in HR, but how are you approaching HR? How are you providing that data to help companies move uh, in, in a positive direction?
1: So, at Trusaic, what we do is we deal with the most difficult part of a business, which is the data. The regulation and people, and with the pay equity software called Pay Parity, we provide do-it-yourself pay equity audit, and also on-time, on-live, and on the uh, analyzing the measuring the diversity equity goals, setting the goals, measuring that, and also pinpointing where the problems are, so that you could achieve pay equity.
2: So you're essentially taking on sort of that workload, that workflow that companies would need to do to sort of see, listen, hey, there's a problem here and and it needs to be addressed.
1: That's correct.
2: So, so, so Megan, I mean, given that being the mission of TRUSAIC, um, you know, you recently joined as chief equality officer um, and also going to be focusing on closing the wage gap for women, um, you know, the, the racially Uh, Charged wage gap as well. So, can you tell me a little bit about maybe why you stepped in at this time, why Trusaic, how they came onto your radar?
0: Uh, For me, this is um, a really exciting partnership. Obviously, Um, I've been sort of in the middle of my own personal (laughs) wage gap um, fight, which obviously we had a really big win yesterday ratifying uh, the new collective bargaining agreement and um, achieving equal pay. I think the thing that's most exciting for me is it feels like the, the next step of the fight that we have. Like we, it's gotten all the media attention. We know there's a wage gap. We know it's way worse for women of color, indigenous women, um, black women. Uh, we know that it's better for the bottom line when you have pay equality. We know it's better for the economy. We know businesses run better. We know the cultures are better. We know all of that is better, but it's like, how do you do it? And so this is an actual tool that you can use throughout your entire company and use on um you know very complex problems i feel sometimes that our our wage gap it was sort of simple it was like the men's team versus the women's team and you could tell really easily but if you have to uh, you know account for race or age or sexuality or position in the company or tenure in the company i think this is a tool in the pay parity tool um that companies can really you know take their desire to uh, engage in pay equity and their desire to do this and actually put it into action, which I feel like that's kind of the the next step is actually doing something about it and giving people a really clear roadmap and a tool to do that.
2: And I appreciate how humbly you simplified your work uh, um, on, on this when it comes to uh, U.S. soccer as well. Um, I want to I want to hone in specifically and then broaden it out as well because of course we are tech check um right and so we are talking about too the wage discrepancy within tech stem is a field where uh the wage gap persists constantly i mean i was i was just doing some preliminary research and found um that dice which is a tech focused career marketplace found that more than half of asian black latino hispanic uh, employees perceived high levels of income inequality i mean robert what issues are there uniquely that you're seeing in tech as you're crunching these numbers, as you're doing these sort of audits that need to be addressed?
1: Yeah, so what we're seeing in the tech industries is is that there there are a lot of problems, just like any other industry. So in the tech side, there's pay gap of $15,000 between men and women. The gap is about 17.5%. But I think the more interesting and more problem that we see is that there are only about 20% of women in this tech industry and tech industry is highly desired, high pay, high profile. And so when the companies don't comply, you see a big headlines, like what you have seen with LinkedIn and Oracle a couple of years ago. And so they need to resolve this issue. And it it is complex.
2: You know, I, th- I think about that and in, in what you're sort of saying, right? The participation rate, you know, is, is different too. And I, I think that careers in STEM have shown, um, you know, to, to, to pay well for the women that are within the industry. Obviously, there is still that gap um, despite that fact, right? So um, we also have a time where more women are being encouraged to step into STEM careers and to pursue STEM careers. And there are more resources specifically targeted to address that gap. And I mean, Megan, I think about it um Sometimes, as uh, slightly as a, as a parallel, you know, within the professional sports industry, and the gap that you know you work to close there, you know, how do industries successfully bring equal opportunity for women and and break down this perception that men do dominate those industries?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think men don't dominate those industries, but they're just being given way more opportunity, obviously. Um, I think for me, it's it's sort of this like dual focus. You obviously have to have the desire and the willingness and, um, you know, the, the work ethic to commit to pay equity. Um, I think a lot of companies want to just like immediately get there. And that's not possible. We've been entrenched in, uh, you know, gender disparity and uh, discrimination and pay equity for a long time. So you have to have a pretty big will, I think, to do that. And then you need a tool to do it. Um, you know, a lot of these companies, they aren't, (laughs) they aren't Robert. Obviously they're not, you know, a company that is completely designed in a person who spends all of their time doing this. So they need help. And that's, again, that's what I love about this platform is that you can actually give companies the next step of that. Um, but I think in general, there, there still needs to be that sort of, um, desire or will um to actually do it i think you know like what is it like 23 percent of companies actually use a pay equity tool or analyze like that's just that's just ridiculous um i think that's totally absurd Uh, especially considering like we know through the data that it's better for business it's better for your company's bottom line uh you know in terms of financially it's better for the culture and ultimately obviously it's better for the economy and better uh for women and men throughout the country but i think it's kind of a a long-standing issue that seems really hard and sometimes um, a little confusing, but hopefully with a tool like this, more companies can actually take that next step that they really need to and commit to this.
2: Yeah, and Megan, the number you're, you're referring to, right, is is one that um, CNBC partners just capital crunched together and found that only 23%, right, of the largest US companies, uh, including tech, but of course, not limited to it, uh, are, are disclosing that they conducted a gender pay gap analysis. And so, right, we're talking about less than a quarter. Um, of those sort of Russell 1000 companies that just does cover. So, I mean, Robert, is, is that number surprising to you, given the the what you're seeing out in the industry as you're working with companies? Obviously we're talking about tech, but also at large, would you expect that more companies are doing this, especially given the fact that there has been so much focus in recent years on closing that gap?
1: Uh, you know, it doesn't surprise me at all. I actually, yesterday I was talking to Somebody from San Francisco in the VC, and they were wondering why it's not being implemented. And so they spoke and surveyed about hundred country companies up there. And so there's initiatives on the top, but the company doesn't know how to implement this. And so now they're asking lawyers and, and consultants, and that could get very expensive. And so they're still going with that traditional route if, if they have a budget. And also, I'm getting, you know, as we talk to these folks, they want the quarterly report on the ESG, and the DEI sits on that S of the ESG. So there's a lot of barrier. Uh, this um, um, they don't know what to do. Even so, it could it could be it could be very cost prohibitive.
2: Are you seeing that that's sort of the the main deterrent? Of 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 doing these analyses is 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 sort of the the cost that it would be to to employ this. I mean, I think tech is is interestingly well positioned in the sense that right, a lot of tech companies have very strong data analytics. I mean, all companies do at this point, right? Everything has has a hand in the in, in the tech space. But when I think about like the leading tech companies, um, I feel like they might be better positioned than most to 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 run this. But are you saying like, the feedback that you're getting is that maybe it's a, it's a, it's a difficult legal hurdle. It's a diff- it's an expensive legal hurdle.
1: Well, you, you know, um, Brandon, the Equal Pay Act has been the law since 1963 and and it's almost 60 years and we're still talking about this. And, and to me, it's, it's like a freeway without any cops, there's no enforcement. And so now what we're seeing is that the legislation, Legislators and the people are demanding it, so you're seeing a legislation in California, Illinois, and you're seeing a lot of legislation in the EU. So I think what's going to require, and what we're seeing, is that the 60 years, 60 years is enough, and now we're going to legislate to enforce it, just so like having a policeman in a in a freeway to enforce the speed limit.
2: I mean, Megan, I see you nodding, um, you know, as Robert's talking, right? That 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 reality, right? That this law has been here for decades, and yet it seems like, you know, we were saying what, what fortunate timing in terms of having this conversation today, especially given yesterday, what happened with in US soccer, but really, that's a, that's a, a milestone 60 years right in the making. So what are your thoughts when you sort of hear Robert, um, you know, talking about it in, in, in that way, Megan?
0: Well, kind of what I was going back to. I mean, I don't think anyone in power really ever gives up that power. They, you know, all these companies also, I think don't want to admit that they have a problem, even though we know everybody has a problem, but it's like saying it personally, saying it yourself, you're admitting something rather than just being like, you know, we we did get it wrong in the past and this is what we're doing um, to rectify it going forward. But I think Robert's right in that, you know whether we have to start legislating it whether it's you know the, the sort of tide of the culture has changed but there needs to be an emphasis and i think you know a public pressure and i think a pressure within certain industries company to company to make this a reality Um, uh, you know people in power and status quo never want to give that up never want to admit that they're wrong never never want to admit anything other than you know they're doing amazing so i think a little bit of a pressure whether it's publicly or or privately um is gonna kind of be the way because i think we've seen i mean i'm sure you know obviously we have this fight and i know for us we had to do this dragging them kicking and screaming basically the entire time um i wish it didn't have to be that way um and i think that's obviously a reason why it's taken so long is because you know the average woman in the workplace doesn't have either the bandwidth or the ability or uh, the desire to engage in such a public fight like that but Hopefully as more tools are starting to become available as public pressure starts to become a little bit higher, maybe there's more legislation happening um, that can actually police this and enforce it. Um, You'll see that tide change, but I think honestly, a lot of CEOs and C suites and companies need to look themselves in the mirror and say, we are not only a huge problem and not only a huge part of the problem, but we can actually be part of the solution as well. Um, you know, nobody expects anybody to be perfect, but continuing to do the same damaging things over and over and over, now you're just part of the problem. So I think we're at a at a point now where we have enough information um, and we have enough tools uh, like the Choose Egg Pay, Pay equity or Pay Parity tool that companies can start actually engaging and and being able to get on the other side of this in a really meaningful way.
2: And you have that tool and I'm thinking about you know like in New York where salary transparency will be required or at least it's potentially going to be required um, within new job postings and and I can see that um, becoming a a legal action that that folks follow as well when they're having this type of conversation within HR departments Um, and again you know as as you're sort of working with them Robert Um, I I do also want to discuss um, the needle that is moving forward some of the victories right yesterday with uh, U.S. soccer, I mean, Megan, what was your reaction when that headline crossed?
0: Um, I mean, I've been knowing that it's coming for for a little bit, course, but sure. it it's really truly is monumental. Um, it, it really is. I mean, obviously, just you know, thinking about where I've come in my career and you know the women before me, um, thinking about the landscape that is uh, women's sports right now. Um, and then, just thinking about this next generation and all that they will be set up to do and just grow from here um, is extremely exciting. Um, it doesn't mean the work is done. Um, obviously, there's a, a an element of holding feet to the fire. Um, and until the systems and norms and processes are put into place to make this feel second nature, I think that um, you know we need to be uh, diligent and uh, be on the lookout and, and make sure that we're continuing to push this forward. But I don't think it can be, you know, overstated how monumental this will be um, in the short term and the long term. Not just for soccer, but hopefully beyond in sports and and hopefully uh, for women all over the world.
2: Well, and something too that hopefully your experience, you know, within that battle within your sport, will translate now over to the work that you're going to be doing with TRUSAIC as well. And I mean. Robert, you know what? Uh, what I, I would love to get some more insight too, as to sort of what your hope for, um, you know, in this partnership is, or sort of where you see Trusay growing, in yeah. uh, acquiring and, and working with new partners. And um, I would love to, you know, maybe think about within the tech industry and your tech partners that you have, but then also maybe broadening, broadening it out.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, we want to achieve pay equity. And, and we really have now a big voice. And Megan has been a key figure in Equal Pay Movement. And we're really excited. And the um, as a chief equality officer, so we created this role called EVE Suite, and it's in parallel parallel with our C-suite. And it's just to remind everybody that equality, equal pay and equity is an everyday thing. And we, and so we wanna work with, we're gonna be working with Megan to shine the light as to how to best get to the pay equity and also work with initiatives in the nonprofit section that are advocating for civil rights.
2: You know, I, th- I think about, right. We've been spending so much time talking about pay equity. Um, I think sometimes it can be thought about as employee to employee. Obviously, there's a much longer conversation to be had about um, CEO and executive compensation in comparison to um, entry level employees and, and working the way up um, the ladder as well. But I also think beyond the wage gap sometimes, right? Like I think about uh, lack of equitable access to resources and benefits like um, health care. I mean, I think we're also seeing a conversation about that happening right now, right? Where we are where we have employers who are asking, you know, what could happen at companies if the Supreme Court does overturn Roe versus Wade, right? You know, what, what would that do in terms of equitable access to, to benefits? And so I wonder if, if Megan, in your new role, in your capacity, obviously focusing on addressing the wage gap, but also thinking about how that extends beyond and goes into equitable access to benefits, you know, have you thought about maybe in your role, what that specifically mean for women, for trans women employees, what uh, uh, an overturn would mean um, to their access to benefits.
0: I mean, yeah, it's obviously extremely uh, scary, um, and and you can just see already. I mean, obviously, we 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 haven't even had the decision from the Supreme Court. It was just a leak of the draft, and you already see all of these trigger bills in states. Um, you see it go far beyond. Um, just abortion rights and access to abortion, into contraceptives and um, many other things. So I think it's um, a really scary time. And obviously, when we talk about pay equity, that there's a lot that goes into it. And I think you know Robert was saying about the E suite um, and just equity and in, in uh, equality in general in the workplace. I think is still an issue whether we talk about accessibility for differently abled people or um, you know, trans trans people in the workplace or women of color or people of color in the workplace. I think we have a long ways to go. You can't really pinpoint one thing without kind of talking about everything. And then obviously, you know, from a legislative standpoint, something like overturning Roe v. Wade could have, you know, sweeping consequences, not just for people who live in red states, um, but for, for the entire country. So it is kind of a, a scary time. And I think a time where companies should and can, step up and and try to fill those gaps where necessary so they can retain great uh, people that work in their company. They can retain talent and they can retain, you know, women, women of color, trans women um, and other people that are vital to a healthy workplace.
2: Yeah. And and Robert, I mean, uh, I'll, I'll turn the last question to you in that, in that same thought process when you're discussing, you know, maybe that area of, um, equitable access to benefits with employees. Obviously, you're working with um, companies who are across the country, perhaps globally, right? So like, these are very specific uh, conversations to be having with individual companies. How is Trusaic getting in there and working with those companies to help them figure out how their HR departments can create uh, change for their employees?
1: Yeah, so we have to look at a total comp. And that's beyond just the salary, you have to look at the bonus, you have to look at benefits, you have to look at stock options and incentive plan that's in place. Obviously, women have a lot more barrier than men because they have they carry a lot more burden, not just in their career, but their home. Now with these type of barriers put in place with, uh, let's say there was overcome, overruling of Roe v. Wade, and you're going to see a lot of minority low-income people not having access to be able to exercise their rights so all those needs to be considered how are they going to get there let's say uh, somebody's living in in one of those states that doesn't have any uh, places to get um, get their treatment how are they going to get to another state and i think those are big concerns that we have to break down the barrier, if we want diversity, we want to close the gap, then we have to break those barriers down and give everybody the access and equal pay.
2: Well, I think uh, we were able to start, right, uh, an, an important discussion today. We were able to continue, rather, I should say, an important discussion today. Um, about closing the wage gap in tech. And so I wanna thank you both Robert and Megan for joining me today to to have this discussion with our Tech Check Plus audience. So thank you both for joining me. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid scale solar energy in Ohio